For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Praise the Lord. Embrace the love. Open your Bibles with me to John. John chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 13, and this is where Jesus goes to the feast at the tabernacles. And when Jesus gets that, got there, there was a whole lot of murmuring and talking about him. There was an uproar kind of in the, the crowd. And because some were saying he's a good man and others say he was deceiving people. And so here Jesus is at the Feast of the Tabernacles. And this is where we're going to start John chapter 7 and verse number 13. The Bible says, Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Well, they were worried about what the religious leaders might think. In other words, we're going to get ourselves in trouble. They're going to persecute us if we even start mentioning the name of Jesus. So they were just keeping to themselves. Why? Because they were afraid of being persecuted and jumped on themselves by those religious leaders. So nobody dared to speak openly about Jesus or probably to Jesus, right? And so I think many of those common people, they, they probably realize that, hey, this is the Messiah. This is the true Messiah, but they didn't open their mouth because they feared those leaders who would persecute them. Amen. And even today, if you, the name of Jesus is very offensive to a lot of people, but don't let that stop you from opening your mouth and witnessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Verse number 14, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. Hey, don't you love that? Jesus went up there into the temple in front of those religious leaders, and he just started preaching and teaching away. He didn't let that stop him. Amen. He went right to where the people were at. The Feast of the Tabernacles lasted for several days. And after, you know, about half over, Jesus went up there and started preaching, man, and started teaching. Hey, amen, and that's what we should do too. Go where the sinners are at. Go where the gospel needs to be heard, amen, out in the highways and the byways and the streets and the alleys and at your workplace. Hey, go where they're at and start preaching and start teaching as Jesus did. You can reach more people at your job, out at the grocery store, walking around that you could add then you could ever ever reach at church amen now church should sharpen you and hone your 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 skills and grow in the lord amen but you can reach those sinners out in the highways and the byways and jesus was going out after him amen verse number 15 and the jews marveled saying how knoweth this man letters having never learned the jews the religious leaders they were marveled at him 
How in the world does this this guy know about all these letters, all these sacred letters? In other words, the Old Testament, if you will. Having never learned, they marveled at Jesus. They were obviously impressed by his great knowledge of the Old Testament. Amen. They, they were astounded at the breadth and the depth of his learning and his ability to teach and attract people. And they knew, they knew that Jesus had never been to one of their schools. They knew that Jesus was not part of their crowd. They knew that Jesus was not in their clique. How in the world can Jesus know all these things about the Old Testament, but he's also teaching his doctrine, but not just his doctrine, his father's doctrine. Amen. And we'll talk about that more in just a minute. But they were astounded. How can Jesus know all these things when he hasn't been to our school? He's not in our clique. Hey, the world and unfortunately, even some in the church still express amazement and complains if a a pastor or believer or a preacher doesn't have a Bible college education. But can I just say, you don't have to have a Bible college education to be a preacher, but you have to have a calling on your life from God Almighty to preach his word. Now, getting a Bible college degree is a great thing, and you should if you're able, amen, but it is not required to preach the gospel. And here they, they were marveled at Jesus. You've never been to our school. You wouldn't hang out with our crowd. Amen. Jesus did not let that stop him. He preached the truth. Amen. Verse number 16. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. How great it is. The Lord refused. He refused to take any credit. Hey, this is not mine. I'm here to glorify the father. I am preaching the father's doctrine. And so Jesus answered simply that he was teaching not his own, but the one that sent me. Amen. And any good preacher worth his salt that can say the same thing. It's not your doctrine. The only thing you can preach is God's word. Amen. So whatever the Lord Jesus spoke and whatever he taught were the things which the Father told him to speak. Amen. Jesus did not act independently of the Father. No, he said, I'm here to do my Father's will. And that's what he was preaching. Verse number 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Hey, if the Jews really want to know whether his message was true or not, it'd be easy for them to, to find out. If anyone really and truly desires to do the will of God, they won't be preaching about themselves. No, they'll be preaching his word. They won't be I, I, I. It'll all be, be about him, him, him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about God. Amen. There's a wonderful promise here for everyone earnestly seeking the truth. It is. It's a wonder. Just read that verse again. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. No, Jesus is saying, hey, the doctrine is coming from God. I'm not speaking of myself. I'm speaking of God. Amen. And if you go forth to preach, don't preach yourself. Amen. Lift up the name of Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me, not a ministry or a radio ministry or anything else. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Amen to that. Hey, when you go out, 
preach the name of Jesus, amen, to lift his name up. And so there's a wonderful promise here for those seeking the truth. If a person is sincere and truly wants to know the truth, God will reveal it to him. And you say, I, I just need to know the truth. I got to know the truth. Hey, open your Bible and start talking to God and say, Lord, please show me the truth. And I promise you, he will. Amen. Verse number 18. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Anyone who speaks from himself or about himself or for himself or according to his own will, hey, he is seeking his glory. And that's one thing I love, I love, I love about the word of God. The Bible says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall endure forever. Amen. It never changes. It's the gift that God has given you that will stay the same throughout all eternity. Amen. The Bible, God's holy word. I am so thankful to have that in my life. And so any good preacher is going to preach God's word, not about himself or what I can do or what we can do. No, but what God's word says. Amen. And so here Jesus is saying that he sought the glory of the father who sent him. That's whose glory he was seeking. Jesus was the only one who could speak such words. Amen. Because all of us, any, any teacher, any preacher, we're all selfish in a certain way, and somehow we mix that in with, with our preaching and our, and our sermons, but Jesus was pure. Jesus was sent by God. Jesus is God in the flesh. Amen. Verse number 19, did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The Lord then made a direct accusation against the Jews. Hey, you reminded them, hey, Moses gave you the law and you're glorifying that you possess the law, but there's no glory in possessing the law. The only glory in the law is if you can keep the law and the only one that could keep the law is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he came to fulfill the law because we could not do it. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You cannot keep any of the commandments much less all of them, amen. Only Jesus can, and that's what he came to do, to fulfill the law that we might put our faith and trust in him, amen. So there's no glory in just possessing the law, but there is glory in keeping the law, and the only one that could do it was Jesus, amen, or is Jesus. That Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What do you mean come up short? Well, that means no matter how good you are, no matter how good, what great and wonderful things that you do on judgment day when you stand before God, the Bible says that you will come up short. You will not make it into heaven. You say, but I'm better than them and I'm better than them and I'm better than them. Amen. And yeah, you might be, but the Bible says you will come up short. You might get further than one person, but you will never make it all the way. Amen. Why? Because we judge ourselves by our own standards. But when God judges us, he's going to have his book, his word. Amen. So open God's mirror, look into it, and apply it to your life. And so here, Moses, he, he said, Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law. He's letting them know, hey, you can't keep the law, but I am. So why are you going about to kill me? Why? Because he was a perfect and upright man, and yet they, they wanted to destroy him. They wanted to 
kill him. Verse number 20. The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil who goeth about to kill thee. Now you think about that. He's just telling them in verse number 19, did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law? So he's pointing them out. He's calling them out, in other words. He's pointing the finger at them. Moses gave you the law, but yet you can't keep the law. I'm keeping the law. And he said, why go ye about to kill me? And you know that that cut them to the heart. The Bible says that the word of God is able to cut to the bone, the joint, and the marrow. Amen. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. That's what the Bible says. And it cut them to the core. And they were mad. And they made an accusation against him. In verse 20, the people answered and said, Thou hast the devil who goeth about to kill me. In other words, you've you got a devil. You're possessed. What is wrong with you? Hey, the people felt the sharp edge of Jesus's sword hit the word of God. But rather than admitting they were sinners, they began to turn on him and abuse him. They said that he had a demon. They challenged his statement that he was seeking to kill them. But no, Jesus was seeking to give them the truth. And many today will feel that same way. They will either turn to Jesus or they will turn on him. Now, you may be the person that they turn on. You may be there, but it's not you they hate. They hate God, amen, just as these people did. They hate God. And each and every one of us did before you were saved. The Bible says that if you're not saved, you're at enmity with God. Amen. Verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work and ye all marvel. Jesus is talking about when he healed the man at the pool of Bethesda. They saw that miracle. It was this miracle that stirred up the hatred of the Jewish leaders against him. And at this point, they began to plot to kill him, to remove him, to get rid of him. Amen. But the Lord reminded them that he had only done one work and they marveled at it. Not that they marveled. They didn't marvel in admiration like, wow, that's amazing. I look at that. That is awesome. But no, rather they were, they were shocked. They didn't, they were in, they didn't like it. How dare you do this on the Sabbath day? Amen. How, how dare you do that? They weren't marveling at him that he was doing a great and mighty work. No. Verse 22, Moses, this is Jesus speaking, Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. And the law of Moses commanded that a, that a male child should be circumcised on the eighth day. And Jesus is letting them know here, hey, Moses gave you that law and you circumcised on the Sabbath day, but yet that's okay for you. But they felt that the work that Jesus did, the Lord did, was not allowed, that he healed the man at Bethesda on that day, on the Sabbath day. That's a double standard, is it not? And there are many double standards, even in society today, even within groups or cliques or organizations, or even some jobs, or places, there's all these double standards. It's okay for me to do it. I can do it. I can do it. But you can't. You can't do that. That's what they were telling Jesus. It's okay for us. But you can't do that. Amen. That Why? Because the truth is, they just didn't like him. 
That's why they were doing it. And so they had that double standard. I can do it. It's okay for me, but you can't do it. But I, can I just say amen? God does not have double standards. God has standards, but they are not double. They never change. God's standards never change. Praise the Lord for that. And so this is what Jesus, he's pointing out to him. Hey, you got a double standard. It's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. Amen. So he's calling out their sin. In other words, in verse 23, if a man on the Sabbath day received circumcision that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Hey, he made a man whole. If they circumcise a child on the Sabbath in order to obey the law of Moses regarding circumcision, why should they find fault in the Lord Jesus making a man whole on that day? If the law allowed for the work of necessity, would it not allow for the work of mercy? Amen. But it wasn't truly that. It wasn't truly that. They didn't like Jesus because I said in my last sermon, you don't know how crooked a stick really is until you lay a perfectly straight stick beside it and you realize how crooked that other stick is. Amen. And that's what Jesus is. When Jesus comes along beside you, hey, it opens you up. It shows you how crooked and you really are and how much of a savior you really are. And you know what? Pride doesn't like that. Their pride doesn't. How dare you? How dare you say we're wrong? How dare you show us our faults? How dare you say that we're in need of a savior and you are it? Amen. But the best thing that a person can do is realize that they are a sinner in need of a savior. And so when Jesus comes along as straight and narrow as he is, and he shows you how crooked that you really are. Amen. And because the Bible Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. See, naturally we want to think, well, I'm a good person, but not according to the Bible, maybe according to your standards or your organization standards or your little click standards, but according to the Bible, we are all sinners and come short of the glory of God. But that's where Jesus comes to fill in. Amen. He comes, he wants to cover you in the blood, not literally, but spiritually, the Bible says. He wants to make you a new person, a new creature, give you new desires and believe me here's the thing you say well I have to let go of this sin and I'd have to let go of that and I won't be able to do this no more and I won't be able to have no fun can I just say from personal experience the moment that you're born again you'll never have felt so free in your whole life you'll never feel joy like that is when you accept Jesus into your heart and you know that you know that you know if you took your last breath if you don't make it through the night if you don't live to see tomorrow when you die you will lift up your eyes in heaven. You'll be carried by the angels into the presence of God, into a thrice holy God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Can you imagine being in his presence as the heavenly choir sings and the, and the river of life 
flows from the throne of God and we are able to worship him for all eternity. And hey, I want my family to be there. I want you to be there. Amen. And the best, the only way to be there is through Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. You can't get there by being good enough, by joining a church, by being baptized. No, the Bible says ye must be born again. Amen. That is the only way. There is no other. Amen. Verse number 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. This is Jesus speaking. Can I just say that is a good, good thing for all of us to apply. Judge not according to the appearance. Now, the world has that saying, never judge a book by its cover. Amen. It's all about what's inside. Hey, and that's what Jesus is judged. He's not judging your cover. He's judging what's inside. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. The trouble with the Jews was that they judged things according to the outward appearance and not according to the inward reality, to the inward truth. Their judgment was not righteous. Amen. Works which seemed perfectly legitimate when performed by themselves seemed absolutely wrong when performed by the Lord. In other words, their double standard. It's okay if we do it, but you can't do it. No, no, no. But that's not right. Human nature always tends to judge according to sight rather than according to reality. And if you are honest with yourself, if you're honest with yourself, when you meet somebody or you walk up to somebody, you obviously judge them just by the way that they looked. Maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they didn't get dressed up nice that day. Maybe they didn't have time to fix their hair and go uptown and go shopping. Maybe they got nine kids at home they're taking care of and they're run to death and they're working a full-time job. And as soon as you see them, you automatically judge them by the way that they're look. You're judging the outward appearance. Amen. We don't know their circumstances. We don't know what they're going through. Amen. So always keep that in the back of your mind that, hey, that judgment that I popped in my mind, in my brain, that... That can't be right. It's all about what's inside them. Amen. And so the Lord Jesus had not broken the law of Moses. It was they who were breaking it by their senseless hatred. Remember, thou shalt not kill the law of Moses. Yet what they what were they seeking to do to Jesus? Amen. They thought they were keeping the commandments, but yet when they saw Jesus, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to remove him to get rid of him. They were breaking the law themselves, but yet they were blinded by their own hatred. And many times in our own life, careful, you can be blinded even by your own wants, your own desires, your own will. Amen. And that's why it is so important to live in the word of God that it may point out the things in our lives that we need to fix, the things in our lives that we need to change the heart problems, amen, the problems with our thought process, the problems with our actions, the problem with that we react to people, though all those can be fixed by the Bible if you will apply them to 
your life. But can I just say the real problem? The real problem is if you've never been born again, you don't have to worry about any of those Bible principles because you don't have Jesus in your heart. Amen. The first thing that you've got to do, see a lot of people pray, but the first thing you have got to do is realize you're a sinner and realize that you have a real problem and it cannot be solved any other way except through Jesus. When you realize that, hey, I'm not good enough, I can't make it. I can't earn my way into heaven. I can't buy my way into heaven. I can't do enough good deeds. But when you realize that, what Jesus did on the cross, see, when he died on that cross, he paid for your sins. The Bible says that he went into the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. But when he arose, he had the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And he is alive forevermore. The Bible says if you will repent of your sins, put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he will take you to heaven. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.